Hey there, lifestyle, clothing optional thrill seekers. Ed and Phoebe here, and we've got a spicy announcement. Brace yourselves for Libertine Events 2024, the ultimate takeover experience, and it's gonna be wild. Find your tribe with Libertine Events, where you have access to private group chats, host-run seminars, and event surprises around every corner. Dive into the sultry world of Miami Vices this May, but hurry quick. It's already 70% sold out. You don't want to miss this opportunity to hang out with hosts like We've Got a Thing, Casual Swingers, Hump Day Quickies, and Expansive Connection, along with the driving force behind the whole event, Wanderlust Swingers. Save the dates in October because Libertine Events is bringing the heat to San Antonio with Senses 2024. We'll be there, as well as Average Swingers, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, Casual Swingers, Expansive Connection, DJ Life of Spice, and of course, Wanderlust Swingers. Be sure to use promo code SWINGERU, S-W-I-N-G-E-R-U, when you purchase your tickets to spice up your experience and support Swinger University. Once again, that's promo code SWINGERU. S-W-I-N-G-E-R-U at checkout. Get your tickets by clicking on the link in the show notes or visiting swingeruniversity.com slash libertine. Welcome to Swinger University, your horizontal enrichment program. Bringing you an educational podcast about swinging. Here are your hosts, Ed and Phoebe. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. That's Ed. I'm Phoebe. This is Swinger Swinger University. University. Today, we're talking about your sexual health. Getting into the lifestyle obviously means having sex with other partners. And even more than ever, your sexual safety is important for yourself and for your partner or partners. Right. Before Ed and I got started with this hobby, sexual safety was a big topic. We did a lot of research. We got tested and consulted with our family physician. Sexual safety is important as a single person and more important, it seems, when you're in a long-term committed relationship because your family security is at stake. Your sense of mortality is at the forefront because maybe you're older, you have an established family, and you have deeper and broader connections And quite honestly, it feels like you have more to lose because you're more invested in people's lives. Now, we've consolidated this very large topic for you, but we encourage you to do your own research as well. Our intent is to educate, to stimulate conversation and alleviate any possible fears. Feel free to look at our resources, which are provided in our notes and on our website. We're going to start off with oral sex and what STIs can be passed orally. A common misconception is that oral sex is safer 
than vaginal or anal sex. All right. So oral sex and STIs. Woohoo. I know it's such a sexy topic. I know. But it's it's a really fearful topic when you're getting in, you know, to the lifestyle. And sometimes it's misunderstood. A lot of people go in with a lot of preconceptions or misconceptions about sex. Right. And what can happen. Right. So which STIs can be passed on from oral sex? You've got your chlamydia, your gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, HPV, HIV, and that one. Trichomoniasis. Yeah. I have no idea what that one is. <laughs> I'd never heard of it until we'd run across it in our research. So like, chicka, what the, what the, what the? <laughs> yeah. So many STIs can be spread through oral sex. And it's partly because most people who have oral sex also have vaginal or anal sex. Right. Now, you may have heard that congenital syphilis has doubled in four years. 1,300 cases in 2018, 14% were women, 15% were men who have sex with women, 48% were men who have sex with men. Sounds scary, right? Does that mean you should stop having sex with others? Well... We thought so when we heard this, and then we read the CDC's 2017 annual report, Sexually Transmitted Diseases Surveillance, and the report states, the resurgence of syphilis, and particularly congenital syphilis, is not an arbitrary event, but rather a symptom of a deteriorating public health infrastructure and lack of access of health care, lack of access to health care. Being safe is first and foremost so when you hear this information in, you know, out there in social media from, from your friends, check it out, back it up. I mean, it was, it really scared us. So we're like, okay, what's the yeah, truth what behind this? Where did this information come from? Is it legitimate? How safe do I need to be? What kind of precautions do I need to take? Because we wanted to be safe with ourselves and safe with others. So checking your information is wise and, like I said, can alleviate some fears. Yeah, when you hear numbers like it's doubled. Right. I mean, that sounds huge. I know. We're like, oh, well, swinging's over. Yeah. But going from, you know, 700 cases to 1,300 cases, you could kind of picture that happening as all across the United States, a couple people having more sex and... It's a pretty small number, so it's not surprising that it grew or shrank. I mean, it's... Right. You have to always be really careful with your your statistics. statistics. Yeah. (laughs) Now, genital herpes seems to be declining over the last 20 years, and although it's about 15 to 20% of the population that is still infected... And while there's no cure, there is medicine to reduce the symptoms and make it less likely to spread to partners. Right. And the important thing is that you're communicating with your partners, all of your partners, if Mm -hmm. you have been diagnosed with something so that they're aware of it and they can make an informed decision about their choices. Exactly. 
All right. Moving on to HIV. We grew up in an era when HIV was the thing. I mean, it drastically changed society. I mean, there were it was everywhere in terms of being in the news, being in the movies, being in popular media. And it's kind of fallen off a little bit in terms of prominence in discussion. But staying on topic, can you contract HIV orally? Well, the CDC states in extremely rare cases, HIV has been transmitted by oral sex. Studies have shown that the risk of getting HIV from oral sex with an infected partner, either giving or getting oral sex, is much lower than the risk of getting HIV from anal or vaginal sex with an infected partner. Good to know. So transmission does go down in terms of oral transmission with HIV, which is good because a lot of these can be treated but uh, that one can't really be it's probably because we have cured. so much nasty bacteria in our mouth <laughs> well it's, it, it's hard it's it's hard to get it into the bloodstream in the mouth i know i wouldn't have thought so though because you got so many blood vessels and all that yeah you got a canker sore you've got a little infected a taste bud or something maybe that that's... but the mouth heals so quickly that's true it's that's true amazing like you can bite your cheek and uh, of course you keep biting it for the next three <laughs> days know, which swells up is horrible <laughs> the worst thing but your mouth heals quickly because you have to be able to eat and if right. you can't eat then you die. you die so your body heals quickly same thing for your genitals, by the way. They heal quickly as well. That's true. <laughs> so if you do get an STI from oral sex, it could be due to factors like poor oral health, sores in the mouth, pre-ejaculate or ejaculate from an infected partner, contact with menstrual blood uh, in the presence of other STIs. So, you know, you just want to make sure you're... Taking you know? care of your stuff. Yeah. And when your doctor tells you that you have pockets and you should floss more. Oh, God. That's because your gums are inflamed and... Bleeding. Bleeding. Okay. So there so. you go. There's All your right, reason. So everyone, don't fuck floss. anyone with bad teeth. <laughs> you, you floss so you don't get an orally transmitted STI. Oh, golly. I mean, heck... That might convince me. If my dentist, my oral hygienist, the lady who cleans my teeth is telling me, you know, it's safer for oral sex if you floss. Did she say that? No. But I'd floss a lot more if she had. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Tell me more. Maybe we should educate our dentists. (laughs) Public service. (laughs) There you go. All right, so... What if this all really freaks you out and you're a germaphobe? Well, you can lower your chances of giving or getting STIs during oral sex by using a condom. You can use a dental dam or 
another barrier method each and every time you have oral sex. And, of course, you could abstain, but then what's the point of swinging? Want an adventure that will give you memories for a lifetime? We've been on three bliss cruises, and they were filled with daily sexy activities, great conversations, evening theme parties, and exciting memories. There's something for everyone, no matter where you are in your lifestyle journey. All are welcome. Book your cruise through our link and create your unforgettable experience, moments, and smiles. Visit swingeruniversity.com forward slash vacations and book your trip today. Yeah, <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose. All right, so you've had unprotected sex. Bump, bump, bump. And you're freaking out. Or something's off with your sexual health. Oh my God, how fast does an STI symptom occur? It varies. It could be anywhere from days to months, depending on the STI. Right. So the next morning, you're probably <laughs> just hungover. <laughs> it's probably not an STI. So within a few weeks, few days, however, sometimes not for months or years, for some of these, uh, they'll sh they'll show up. So we right. provided you a quick timeline for some of them. And we'll put more details in the show notes, but we're going to rip through some of the yeah. dates. Don't want to bore you too much with the heavy, heavy stuff. There's lots of statistics. It's great. So, chlamydia. One to three weeks. Genital herpes. Four to seven days. Although most people don't have any symptoms when first infected. Right. So you're asymptomatic, even though you may have been infected, and it takes a while for it to show up. Yes. Genital warts. Two to three months. And again, most people don't develop obvious warts that have the virus so you may not even know right gonorrhea 10 days pubic lice and scabies five days to five weeks yeah Oof. syphilis two to three weeks symptoms may and may or not be obvious they kind of come and go right and your favorite one which i can't pronounce Trichomoniasis. Four weeks. And then you have your HIV, which is two to six Two to weeks. six weeks. Yeah. And some get symptoms, some don't. Yeah. Like so. most viral infections, you can be asymptomatic. So a lot of these are either bacteriologic or viral. Right. And we're right now in the middle of the COVID yeah, epidemic. Yeah, you're going to Yeah. There are a lot of people who are asymptomatic. They don't even right. realize that they had it. Right. So these aren't any different than any other virus. Right. Other than what their effects are on your body. They act the same. You're aware of it. You're not aware of it. It takes some time. Your body develops antibodies for it. You never know. That's why. We have testing. You get tested. <laughs> you get tested for HIV and your STIs. And we're going to talk about the HIV test, which is what a lot of people typically get tested for, along with STI tests. Right. But 
in the lifestyle, we hear people talk a lot about, well, I had my HIV test. I'm tested. I'm clean. I had my HIV test. Okay, well, great. That's good. But we started to look into that. Yeah, it it's interesting because that doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. Exactly. So, put on your thinking cap. We're going to we're going to get a little technical and then we'll summarize it all up at the end. Yeah, we're going to put up some Gantt charts and we're going to show you timelines <laughs> and some long poles for the project, but no. <laughs> okay. So, the most commonly used HIV test is to detect the HIV antibody. There are also tests that look for genetic material or proteins. Right. So talk to your doctor, figure out which one you want to do. You can do some research on the web. There are tests out there that you can have mailed to your home. And I put those links, I will put those on the website and you can go to those websites and order those tests and get tested at home. All right, so here we go. Now, here's our timeline. Most people develop antibodies, detectable antibodies, with most commonly used tests in the United States within two to eight weeks. Now, the average is 25 days. So from infection to detectable antibodies. About 25 days. About 25 days. So almost a month. 97% of the people will develop detectable antibodies in the first three months. So there's 3% that won't fall in that range. Right. So even if you've gone and gotten tested, if you're in that 3%, obviously 3% is a small percentage, but there's no guarantee even if you've been tested that you aren't in that 3%. So your antibodies haven't shown up. Mm-hmm. So you could have a false, false negative. negative. Yeah, which we'll get into. We'll summarize this for you. Even so, there is a small chance that some individuals will take even longer to develop detectable antibodies. Those in their system longer, their body is slower to fight it takes a long time. So a person should consider a follow-up test more than three months after their potential exposure to HIV. So. And rare, extremely rare cases. It could be six months. Right. So there's all your facts. Yeah. So there's your timeline. Anywhere from a month to three months to six months, you can detect it. So it's, we're starting to form a timeline here, right? Yep. Yep. 30 days, three months, six months. Yep. All right. And so you've, you've got this timeline, as Ed said, where your immune system is producing enough antibodies to be detected and the likelihood of you transmitting the virus through sex could be really high if, you know, you're... You're fighting an infection. Yeah, you're infected. Okay. It's basically no different than the stupid COVID-19, right? Yeah. So you're out there tooling around. You're having a good time. You don't show symptoms like other people do. 
It's all the stuff that you're hearing, right? Some people show symptoms right away. Some people don't. Sometimes you get really, really sick. Sometimes you don't. Right. So you just don't know. You don't know. So here's the kicker. So you've gone, you've had tests. Maybe it was within that six-month period. You go and have unprotected sex because you're like, I'm in the clear. It's all good. Yep. Your timeline starts over. Yes. Right at that moment because you don't know where that person had sex last, what they've been tested. Are they within their three-month window or their six-month window? Are they asymptomatic? You don't know. So even though they've got a test in their hand and you've got a test in your hand, you may have false negatives. Yes. So as soon as you have unprotected sex, you need to wait. Whether you were tested or not, you need to wait another average of 25 days before the antibodies actually show up in order for you to test. In order to be detected by the test to show whether you're clean or not. Right. So here you go. If you had unprotected sex every 30 days, you'd have to get tested every 30 days. And the person in between, you may or may not have been safe because you were still in your window. Exactly. So... So getting tested all the time, but still having unprotected sex means that you are constantly riding that rail of maybe I'm safe and maybe Maybe I'm I'm not. not. Right. And the tests are basically a waste of money because you don't know where you are in the window of antibodies showing up to be tested. Yeah. Well, I know. And, and what this tells me is unprotected sex, whether you get tested or not, is exactly that. It's unprotected sex. Yeah. It's, You're taking a risk. You're, you're taking, taking a, a higher risk. risk because of the testing window, because of the frequency that some people have sex. You don't know where your partner's been. And I'll, I'll say this. We've known married couples who didn't know that their spouses were cheating on them. Yep. They're safe, except the extramarital affair that no one knew about because we're all consensual non-monogamists was going on in the background that nobody knew about. And that's an opportunity for infection for everybody. Right. So. So if you want to have bareback sex with another swinger, it requires an extensive interview process for us. Oh, yeah. And it requires a lot of trust. And just because you trust them doesn't mean that they're that they're not going to change their priorities or their. Right. It's it's. It's just too complicated. We don't do it. It's just too complicated because then what are they supposed to call you up? Hey, we're going to go have sex, unprotected sex with another swinger couple. Is that okay? Well, 
like who wants to act per- ask permission for the prior couple i mean this this requires some exclusivity and right we're not exclusive to any one couple now if you are then it works out great but assuming that you are actually exclusive right again a lot of trust there's a lot <laughs> of trust going on here it's just way too complicated if you can imagine and you can how hard it is to get four people all on the same page in the same room just to fuck can you imagine getting everybody's testing schedule on a calendar on a regular pattern no 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 thanks i don't have time for that so your test result is only good if you haven't had unprotected sex for three to six months after your first test and then you need to get tested again to see if you're clean. After a waiting period for the antibodies to show up. Right. Which means don't go have multiple unprotected sex partners in that window because <laughs> all you're doing is it's feeding the Petri the dish. Needle. Yeah. What did you say? Feeding the Petri dish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're just rolling the dice. <sighs> to make it even worse, tests take two to three weeks sometimes for the results to come back yeah so this was quite torturous when we started dating because we we did this we we went to our doctors yep we were like okay we're, we're committed tested we we'd love to have unprotected sex with one another how do we go about doing this so we first got educated by our doctor on this topic and then we've continued our research uh when we started swinging so of course, it's, we were monogamous at the time that we were dating. Yes, we were. But so that worked out really well. For the first six months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Oh, my goodness. All right. So we actually got through this pretty quick. Yeah. And, and I know there was a lot to digest, which is why we'll be, again, putting it on the website for your references and your convenience if you want any further reading. But, you know, be smart, be safe, and remember, you know, safe sex while swinging can be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Whether I've got a condom on or not, I'm having sex with other people. (laughs) That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. (laughs) Be safe out there, everyone. Take care. Good night. Before you turn off our podcast to take care of all the vanilla things pulling you away, please reach out and give us a review. I am the first to admit that it's much easier to give a five-star rating, which we appreciate, but if you could take 43 seconds to type a review, we would love it. If you want to share a personal story, ask us questions, or share your comments, you can contact us at swingeruniversity.com at gmail.com. Check us out at swingeruniversity.com where you can find links to our Twitter and Instagram feeds. Thank you so much for listening to Swinger University, your horizontal enrichment podcast.
hey, have you heard? SDC is more than just a dating site. They have expert contributors and educators like us and from all around the world to guide you in everything from how to talk to your partner about swinging and the different kinds of open relationships. You can also find out what you need to know before opening up your relationship, common swinger conflicts, and how to resolve them. Have you ever wanted to know what a swingers club is like? How to meet other swingers? Find a unicorn? Be a hot wife? Well, you can find all that information as well and much, much more. Check out SDC by clicking the link in the show notes and get your free seven-day membership. 